0: worship God today with an offering for the New Life Missions Fund. When you give an offering to this fund, it's now called the Missions Fund. Formerly, we called it the Missionaries, Missionaries Fund. But the new fund includes giving for the support of the New Life Missionaries, like it did before, but also makes funds available for other purposes, such as Uh, if our mission partners have special projects or sponsoring someone going to Missions Fest or similar conferences, and other missions projects beyond missionary support. With six mission partners and four missionaries, the reach of new life missions is continually growing. So we're grateful to God for every opportunity to be salt and light in the world. So during the next song, we invite you to give your offering as an act of worship. You can give your offering in the collection boxes on the stage or bring it electronically. The screen will show you different ways of doing this. So we'll pray for the offering of the ministry partners and also for Greg van der Meulen, who is spending two months working with Fernando Trevino's ministry in Colombia, and he will be joined later by a team of nine people for a new life who are going down there for a, in a few weeks. And we can also pray for Pete van der Muren, who um, normally we visit Lowry every year, but we weren't. But Pete really wanted to, so he's gone off to visit the people in Lowry. And then we've got Dave and Eve, both in Ethiopia. And also I think we need to especially remember Fred, as he's in a part of the world that was affected so much by the earthquake, although not immediately where he is, but he's meeting people who have been very much affected. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to be part of your ministry throughout the world. We thank you for the people we know who are serving you faithfully in various areas. We think of Dave and Eve, as they're out in Ethiopia, that you'll give them uh, safe travels back. We think of Fred as he is meeting people who have been devastated by the earthquake and he's trying to find ways in which he can minister to them in a special way. We pray for Pete as he's visiting Lowry for a week and that he will be able to come back with a report of how those people are doing and that he might be a blessing to them. And for Greg, as he's um, ministering, teaching English and playing soccer and doing all these things with the children that uh, Fernando works with, give him a special blessing, we pray. We thank you again that we can give our offerings and we ask that you will receive them and use them in your kingdom. Your name. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to New Life Church. My name is Janet, and I'll be your host this morning. A special welcome to guests, in person or online, and a welcome to all of you who made it through the snow to get here. We're glad you are joining us. And the people online, we're glad to have you with us too. Maybe we've got a few more than normal. And if you are worshipping with us online, Please identify yourself so that the hosts of that part of the service will know that you're with us. Our aim is to connect in community and you do that by filling out a Connect card which you'll find in front of you or like um, if you're here in person and then you can hand them in at the info booth or the collection boxes. And yeah, if you're online, share a comment. If you fill out the Connect card, you're going to get the gift bag, which contains a New Life Tumbler and a bag of New Life Missions coffee. But about the coffee, we're really grateful that we have the opportunity to support our missions and missions partners in a variety of ways, and one of them is by purchasing the Fair Trade Honduran coffee. So unless you are new for the first time here, you're going to have to buy it if you want it. But that's good because it will support the missionaries. And we have a new way that you can also support our missionaries, and that is by picking up a new Life Missions prayer card, which you can see on screen. I said when I was doing the offering part that we have four missionaries and and six... Anyway, you have a whole bunch of people... Uh, that we're supporting. Yeah, six missions partners, four missionaries. That makes ten. And so when you're praying, it's not always easy to remember all ten of them. So we've made this little card so that you can do that. And you can pick that up at the coffee table. And those are free. Or you could get one for $12.50 and get a free bag of coffee. <laughs> so. But that's one way of praying for our missionaries and mission partners. Okay, so the Churches of New Life and Missions Hills are hosting a worship night on Sunday, March the 5th, from 6.30 to 8. And we will be at Rosegate Farms in Matsqui, which is on Asia Avenue. So don't come to New Life Church. Go down to Matsqui Flats. We're looking forward to seeing you that out there as we draw near to work. W- To God in worship. The building that we're going to be gathering in is heated, but it may open to the outside, depending on attendance. So you might want to bring an extra coat and please bring your own chair. And there's more details on our website uh, or on our app. And anyway, it's at newlifecrc.ca slash events. So, um, I just mentioned these. If you're wondering what our new uh, decorations—or uh, they're not really decorations, are they? But our new—I can't think of the word. It must be the snow affecting <laughs> me. But anyway, these <laughs> these pictures here have all been done by our kids' church and Little Lights, and it's their idea of God. And so maybe you can take a child up there with you afterwards and get them to point out theirs and tell you what it means. But we're really glad that we had the children. We thank you very much. Let's give the kids a round of applause and thanks. For the work that the kids did great work. So we're now coming up to fellowship time and it serves two purposes. You can meet someone new. Or you can ex- and extend the peace of Christ to them, and kids can be dismissed, and parents can take them downstairs. So, parents can bring their three to five year old kids to Little Lights, and kids in grade one to five can go downstairs through that door. And if you're not sure what to talk about, what else would you talk about on a day like this? Any suggestions? <laughs> the weather. Okay, thanks for having me. Have a great Sunday.
1: Well, I
2: Good morning. Welcome again to New Life. Glad you're here. Uh, whether you're here in person or online, we're glad you're here. This is uh, wonderful. So, uh, as we gather together, let me uh, just uh, let's pray together as we uh, come before God and listen to His Word. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you uh, that we uh, can worship you today. We, we worship you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, and for your amazing love. God, I pray that uh, each one of us can experience that love, know that love, trust in that love um, as we go into a new week. And we pray, God... Uh, that that same love will be extended to uh, people who are struggling perhaps within our own community and uh, those uh, throughout uh, our community and throughout the world. And uh, as we've prayed for those in Turkey, God, we pray for those uh, people also in Ukraine and in other parts of the, of the, uh, the world where there is violence God, we pray that you will show your mercy, and we pray for peace in our world. We pray, God, too, that uh, you will walk with us uh, in this journey of faith as we learn to trust in you, love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, you know uh, through your son, Jesus, what it's like. Sometimes it's really difficult. Sometimes, Father, um, it's hard to press on. So give us courage. Give us your blessing. Reveal to us yourself so that, God, we can continue on being light and salt in this world to spread hope and the light of your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, so... um, I want you to maybe close your eyes again, uh, but this time, or maybe just uh, in your mind's eye, uh, I want you to picture Jesus. So, uh, Janet uh, mentioned these pictures; they are all portraits of Jesus uh, that uh, the children were invited to draw, and so we've displayed them here. You're welcome to take a look at them uh, at any time, and. um, But sitting right here today, in your mind's eye, how would you portray Jesus? What does he look like? What does he look like in your mind's eye? What is Jesus doing in your portrait of Jesus? What's he doing? What's he paying attention to? I'm wondering if, if Jesus is, is looking at you, or maybe he's looking past you. What's your portrait of Jesus? We're going to spend these next Sundays in what is called the Lent season to talk about the various portraits of Jesus that are presented to us in the Bible, particularly in the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to take a look at some of these portrayals of Jesus. What does he look like? What's he doing? Why is he doing it? We want to ask that question. What kind of Jesus do you see? What kind of Jesus do you love? What kind of Jesus do you trust in? What's the picture of Jesus that you have? Because... The kind of Jesus that you see will shape your life. It shapes your faith, your portrait of who Jesus is. If Jesus is just the guy that keeps you safe or keeps you comfortable, then indeed that's going to be the expectation of your life, to simply be safe, to simply be comfortable. And when life is unsafe and uncomfortable, it's going to be hard then To see Jesus, to trust him, to throw your life upon Jesus, the Savior. See, portraits communicate something. Portraits of Jesus communicate something. There's an ad campaign going on in the United States right now. You may have heard of it. It's called, He Gets Us. It's a campaign, uh, a series of ads that are being produced portraying Jesus as uh, tremendously hospitable, very humble, associating with people on the margins, the people that we wouldn't necessarily associate with, a Jesus who gets us in all of our brokenness, portraits of Jesus, two of them. Actually, two of those ads showed up in the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago. Now, mind you, each of those ads costs $7 million to air. And the organizers and founders of this ad campaign are willing to spend up to a billion dollars. There's a few rich, really rich Christians... They're willing to spend a billion dollars on this ad campaign to change the North American image of Christianity from being harsh and against the marginalized to a softer Jesus. Portraits communicate something. They're obviously worth it. So... In Matthew, as well, there is a portrait of Jesus. Three disciples of Jesus see this particular portrait. It's in Matthew chapter 17. And here's how Matthew describes that portrayal. Matthew chapter 17. After six days, Jesus took with him. That's uh, six days after Peter has just uh, confessed that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God—it's kind of a victory moment right there. And uh, after those six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, uh, presumably the the three big guns in the discipleship pack that Jesus had. Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. This is a mountaintop experience. There, Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here if you wish. I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He wanted to uh, make this a permanent thing. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. So, of course, what's going on in this portrait of Jesus? Well, it's rather easy to see that Jesus is glorified. I mean, this is Jesus in all of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. This, this unusual event of Jesus just being filled with, with amazing lights and it must have been impressive. Because the disciples wanted it to stay that way. It's what the disciples were always clamoring for to see their teacher in all of his glory. Probably only, if only, because, well, it would make them feel good and it would uh, prove that they were following the right guy. And then they hear that divine confirmation that Jesus is no less than the very Son of God, just As Peter had said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Glorious. It's like, wow, we are on the winning side. Couldn't have been any better. Of course, it's wonderful, just wonderful to be able to see the glory of our Savior. No wonder Peter wanted to set up camp, make it permanent, make an establishment there to go, wow, man, we're going to bring everybody here. Because when you see glory, you want to make it last. That's the best of life, to be able to see glory, to to just be enthralled with something so glorious and so like Peter we try to put up our tents for each of the great figures of the Bible to establish our faith and make it solid and uh, make it firm. We build our own little safe havens where, well, I don't know, maybe it's just Jesus and me or our safe haven of God and our family. And Uh, maybe even in church. We want our church to be that place where we can just escape all the trouble of the world and it's just God and us. Safe places where we can feel secure and where we can grab hold maybe of some glory, have that mountaintop experience and, and keep it for ourselves. We just want that glory secure. Now the thing is, in, well, in C.S. Lewis' uh, story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there's uh, four children, uh, all from the same family. Lucy is the first to find out that uh, a wardrobe in the old professor's huge house leads to, in fact, a different land called Narnia. And when she tells her brothers and sister what she discovered, they smile and they think she's just playing a game or lying, maybe, or that she's even just gone crazy. So then, one of her brothers, in one of her uh, sneaky trips uh, through that closet, her brother Edmund also discovers this place through the closet So they're in the land of Narnia. Lucy meets Edmund in that strange land. They're there together. They they both experienced it. But when they return to their other brother and sister, Edmund takes the safe route because he doesn't want to be accused of being going crazy. And so he denies it all. And Lucy again is disappointed that nobody believes her, that no one will back her story. She's seen this wonderful new land. She wants to be able to prove it. I think it's that kind of disappointment of Lucy that was in the disciples' eyes when this whole incident was over, this tremendous mountaintop experience that they couldn't hold on to. They couldn't use it to prove to the whole world who Jesus really was. Glory just vanishes. The whole incident deflates into, well, right back to just plain old ordinary life. And then, and then Jesus even implies that he'll deny that anything has ever happened, just like Edmund. As they're coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Matthew writes... Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. What? They they couldn't even talk about it? What would be the point of seeing glory if you can't talk about it? If you can't use it to prove that you're following the right guy? Surely it could prove Jesus' worth. It could prove his true identity this glorious portrayal of Christ. But it's not to be secured. Not to be secured for our own comfort, not to be used for proof that Jesus is really the Son of God. Glory comes only in short episodes, and it appears simply for our own assurance. That's what's happening here. Three disciples brought up. They get to witness this, and they don't need to tell anybody else about it. seems to be how glory shows up even in our own lives just in these short episodes and suddenly we're just arrested with glory and and it inspires us it nudges us forward but then comes the ordinary once again in Beyond Words pastor writer uh, the late Frederick Buechner Describes these instances of glory. He says what happened at, at Jesus' transfiguration, uh, quote, was the holiness of the man shining through his humanness, his face so afire with it that they were almost blinded. And then he continues, even with us, something like that happens once in a while. The face of a man walking with his child in the park, Face of a woman baking bread, of, someone, of sometimes even the unlikeliest person listening to a concert, say, or standing barefoot in the sand watching the waves roll in, or, or just having a beer at a Saturday baseball game in July. Every once and so often, something so touching, so incandescent, so alive transfigures the human face that it's almost beyond bearing. You know what he's talking about? You ever had that moment in your life where something comes so alive that you go, that, that's glorious? You can't hang on to it, it doesn't stay. You can't even describe it enough for someone else to experience it. It's just there. And it assures you that the reality of your faith in a Savior for the world. Is worth it. Glory shows up in our lives. God's glory. To assure us of our faith. But more than that. More than mere assurance. This portrait of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Tells us that we are grounded in glory. Not just that it shows up once in a while to to comfort us this story, this portrait of Jesus tells us that we are grounded in that glory. We'll see a glimpse of glory, fleeting as it might be, not to escape our lives, but so that we can come out of this world's darkness into the light of God's kingdom. We're grounded in glory. Because that's the courage we'll need to come back down the mountain once we've had that mountaintop experience once we've been arrested with that glory and then we come back down the mountain and we enter the reality of our lives in the midst of trouble in the midst of frustration in the midst of, of uh, suffering see We have this this story, uh, which we read all by itself, but it's in the context of of what Matthew is up to in terms of of telling the story of Jesus. And just preceding this portrait of Jesus is another revelation of Jesus, the Messiah. In chapter 16, Jesus tells his disciples for the first time that he's going to be crucified. Crucified. A devastating blow to the disciples who are constantly grasping for glory through the greatness of their teacher just so that they could be shown more glorious. And Jesus says, Son of Man's going to have to suffer and die. Then we get the story of the transfiguration. And then just after that glorious portrait, Later in chapter 17, Matthew tells of another time, a second time, when Jesus warns his disciples once again that he's going to have to die. That Jesus would have to suffer and die. This great leader who's about to usher in the glorious kingdom of God. That he would have to suffer and die to bring salvation into the world was beyond any portrait of Jesus that the disciples had. And God's glory is like that. It doesn't shine through just to show off. It doesn't shine just to prove power. God's glory, well, it kind of creeps into this world. Slowly, gradually, ever so gradually transforming our world. In Marilyn Robinson's book, Gilead, a great novel, by the way, the preacher John Amos says this quote, It has seemed to me sometimes as though the Lord breathes on this poor gray ember of creation and it turns to radiance for a moment or a year or maybe even the span of a life But wherever you turn your eyes the world can shine like transfiguration like that because that's the truth in our world as messy as broken, as violent as horrible as it can get There's glory. And it shines through. And what it takes from us is the courage and the willingness to see it. Not that all the darkness of the world will will suddenly be made into light. Not that we no longer need to contend against the brokenness of the world and the hardship of our own lives. But we're grounded in glory. Grounded. In glory, so that we can press on in the most trying of circumstances, the most mundane situations, and see God's grace, see God's redemption, see how His glory creeps into creation, and maybe, just maybe, we'll catch a glimpse of it. The song we sang which we probably should have burst out with some clapping. The song Honey in a Rock, I think, portrays this sense. When I I wasn't initially familiar with the song, and I thought, what kind of title is that, Honey in a Rock? Where does Honey in a Rock appear? It's like the glory of God that appears in the strangest places. I want to encourage us this week to be on the lookout for God's glory. It's easy to pick up on all the mess of the world. But be on the lookout for God's glory. Let's pray. God, that's what we want to see. We want to see your glory. As we enter into this season following Jesus on his journey of suffering to the cross... God, we look around in our world and we see so much violence and so much hardship and so much disaster. It's easy to give up. Father, we pray by your Holy Spirit you will give us eyes to see those opportunities where we can recognize your glory, your presence in this world. And so God, lift up our hearts and our minds to see you and let that be the inspiration and the exhilaration for us to live showing off God's kingdom wherever we can, in whatever we're doing, in whoever we're with, that we can testify That you have overcome this world, all of its brokenness, that redemption is here, that God, you are at work renewing this world, set us to that task of revealing all of your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. so at this time, we're going to celebrate a gift that Jesus has given us, the gift of the Lord's Supper, and there too, God communicates his glory, his grace in our lives. As we take in the bread and the juice, we get to receive God's grace and God's glory. And so uh, we're going to invite the children in, I hope, uh, I think the children are, maybe they're not prepared to come in, are they? Does anybody know? I didn't check with them. Okay, excellent. Well, um, and then uh, there are people who can uh, take the baskets, and if you didn't take a communion cup uh, beforehand, then uh, just raise your hand, and we can um, bring uh, a, cu- a communion cup to you. We're going to be changing these cups so that they're a little easier to handle, but... Um, Well, we didn't want to waste them, so um, yeah. So these are the cups with that light film on top. You're just going to have to scrape that off the top and then pull the wafer out. And then um, there's a tab that you can pull back for the juice. So um, we've had several practice runs on this already, and um, we'll just take our time. Doing that, a little extra effort there, and um, all right. So, for those of you at home watching online, uh, take this time to um, grab the elements, a piece of bread, yeah, maybe some juice, and uh, we can join together, celebrating this Lord's Supper, a way. Uh, that God has given to us to uh, communicate his grace and his glory into our lives. All right. Here they come. Perfect. Yes. This is a tangible sign, this Lord's Supper. It's a tangible sign of God's promise. To sustain us. Sustaining us with the very bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. To sustain us with the cup of salvation. And so, you're invited to take part in this. If you believe that Jesus is your savior. That he forgives your sin. That he saves you from all of the misery of your life, that he's the master of your life. You're invited to partake in this. We come to this table, joining together as a community, people drawn together in Jesus Christ. And so we give thanks. We give thanks to God, our Father, Through our Lord Jesus Christ, before he suffered, he gave us this memorial. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body. It's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took a cup after supper. And he said, this is the the cup of a new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And so as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. A death that brought us glory and so we join together to partake of the bread and of the juice go ahead and take that top film layer off pull out the wafer someone's having trouble just slide up next to them Help them out. Take the wafer. And as you take that wafer, remember and believe that Jesus gave his body because he loves you so much. Take, eat remember and believe that through Jesus Christ all your sins are forgiven. As you pull those tabs, I hear them already. The juice that we drink represents the blood of Jesus which was poured out for the forgiveness of all our sin to bring us redemption and renewal in this world. So take it, drink it, remember and believe that the blood of Jesus was poured out for the forgiveness of all our sin. moment of glory to be able to take in Jesus Christ and know that your life is redeemed and that you belong to God loved and treasured by your Father it sends us into praise so I'm going to invite the band to come up and uh, we want to give praise to our God in response to this gift of God's grace Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's stand and give him praise. may God bless you this week with glimpses of glory. Times in which you just say, how marvelous. And maybe today even. Maybe today, as you recognize the amazing thing that that Jesus has done for you, you catch a glimpse of glory and you celebrate that God is good. Amen? God is good. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and always. Let's give him praise.